Welcome to the Cyphedelic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a peek behind the escape room and wider immersive industry. Each week, we welcome a guest from within this wonderfully varied world, from creators to CEOs to ask them how they came to be, and so that we may try to absorb some of their juicy, juicy knowledge. My name's Dan. I'm a GM and experience maker at Time Trap Escape Rooms in Reading. And I am Jamie, a software developer, and I help design and build many of the puzzles as part of the Imaginarium design team. Today, our guest is Toby Powell. He is the creator and operator of Escape the Review, the UK-based escape room review website and all-round escape room oracle. It's like TripAdvisor's more sophisticated and less annoyingly algorithmic coolest sibling. And the way this is going to run is just like your standard escape room. We'll first of all get to know Toby in a brief before really puzzling it out and learning all about what operating and managing such an important escape room resource entails. Finally... We'll wind down with a bit of a debrief before waving goodbye to our guest. So just before we hop into it, Toby, a quick health and safety warning. Never podcast and drive. Always podcast responsibly. Take a break. Podcasting can kill. Podcasting whilst pregnant can definitely harm the baby. If you know anyone who's been affected by the results of podcasting, please contact podcastaware.co.uk. Um, so, Toby, welcome um, to the podcast. Good evening. Thank you. It's uh, very good to have you here. Thank you for joining us. Um, we're going to dive straight in with um, the brief questions, learn a little bit more about uh, yourself. Um, so my first question to you um, is, uh, what is your background uh, and what is your current life like outside of Escape uh, the Review? Uh, so my background is in technology. I did software programming, project management, that sort of thing. I'm currently CTO of a small tech company. Um, I have a slightly flexible work arrangement where I work for one company, but now starting to work for another one as well in different days of the week. Um, because I have that sort of setup where I work for multiple companies and do most of it remotely, I also now uh, do the digital nomad thing. So last September, I left the UK. And since then, I've been based in different places each month which is stressful, but fun. <laughs> yeah, I understand that you've returned back to the UK recently. Is that right? You've only been back like a couple of weeks or something like that? Yeah, just from mid-December through to mid-January. And then next month, I'll be off to Spain again. Very nice. How, how long for? Spain has wonderful escape games, and I'll be there for a month. And I'll mostly be in the places that don't have the best games, sadly. So planning, <laughs> planning failure there. <laughs> I hope they don't hear this when this goes out. <laughs> the entirety of Spain. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and so what made you um, want to start Escape the Review? So I had played about 60 games and I figured that made me an expert. I figured I, <laughs> I figured I had things that I want to say about the games that were worth putting out there. And it just seemed like a fun project at the time. So when I started it, the idea was to have just a simple little blog that wouldn't take up much time that would have reviews from me, but also from my teammates. And we would each write a bit or maybe just put in a, a rating and then that would be combined into a single review. And yeah, that would go out into the internet and maybe help some people find good games. So when, sorry, I apologize to interrupt. When did you start um, Escape the Review? This was 2016. So I guess having 60 games around that point under your belt probably would have made you an expert at that at that point in time. Because <laughs> it was quite early on in the UK's escape room boom, I suppose. <laughs> it felt like it at the time. I also thought I was really good at them. So 
<laughs> Over the Humble. years, I've realised this isn't the case. <laughs> or you've I'm got progressively it, worse, perhaps. I don't know. It might be the case. I think I was probably mediocre the whole way through. But at the time, I was more experienced than most other people, and it felt like I was really good at them. So um, the setup for Escape the Review, was this something that you were able to do yourself? Like, Do you have knowledge in like hosting a website and making it a blog, or did you get someone else to do it? How, how did you achieve it? Uh, I set it all up myself. Some of it I had to learn as I went. If I, were, if I knew what it was going to become, I would have gone about it very differently because I started off with something. Like everything I did initially was on the basis that I wanted something that would take as little work, as little maintenance as possible, that wouldn't require lots of time spent fiddling around with it, that would just run itself. And then over the years, it's gradually exploded into this monster that it is now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I would. It runs on WordPress. I would not start with WordPress. I'd use something else entirely. But um, having built it, it broadly works. It seems to be. It does the job. Usable. Yeah. It does <laughs> yeah. the job. So, how many? Dare I even ask? How many? What is your room count now? Seven hundred and something. Jeez. And I assume that that is reviews included. Like that, you've probably got the same amount of reviews, approximately, as you've done escape rooms by now. I have written a review for almost every physical room I've played. Um, I've also, I'm not including in that total several hundred online or avatar games, most of which I've also written reviews for. Um, I actually have several dozen reviews that I've written but not yet published because I'm, I have to write them quickly to, while the memories are still fresh, but then I tend to get quite bad about actually putting them on the site. These days I feel less incentive to do so because there's so many people putting content on the site and writing good reviews anyway. So yeah, I don't want to flood it with my reviews by putting out 20 at a time or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, you've got to live a life as well, right? <laughs> uh, hopefully. <Yeah. laughs> Doesn't always work out that Is way. Is that a thing? <laughs> yeah, I remember that, having a life, yeah. Oh no, this episode got real sad real quick, didn't it? <laughs> so... It's okay, I do it to myself. <laughs> Okay, fine. Well, then we'll keep digging with you. What, uh, what was the first room? What was it, where did it all start? Hint Hunt. It, yeah, it was the office of John Monroe in London, of course. And that was the UK's first escape room. And I think at the time, they, maybe, maybe Hint Hunt had opened their second one by then, though it took another six months for me to get a chance to play that one. Um, but yeah, a friend, we were out at a bar and a friend said, I heard about this cool thing where you go in a room and it's full of puzzles that you have to solve. So we booked ourselves in for that. And then having done that, someone said, hey, I hear that Budapest has a whole lot more of these things, like dozens of the things. So we booked in a summer holiday to go there just to play them. We booked seven escape room. Well, we booked six and then added one more one for a three-day weekend. And at the time, that felt incredibly decadent and indulgent and silly but yeah it was a lot of fun that's really cool i like that you went from your friend suggested it to you once in a bar to immediately going to budapest i was thinking the exact same thing. It. Yeah. it's like those <laughs> those news articles you see on manchester standard or whatever where a guy gets drunk and then wakes up in morocco with no memory of how he got there <laughs> and he only yeah. had two pound fifty to start yeah i'd like to say i've done that too but not quite not quite like that <laughs> who is john monroe well, interesting you should ask that. I'm not sure the room ever told you. He was a dead detective, I think. Oh, cool. I thought, I assumed it was a historical figure. So I was just like, is there a big gap in my knowledge? No, no. Um, he's 
sort of become a historical figure because that room has been reproduced with John Monroe's name in so many places, so many different countries, that he is sort of a significant name in the history of the escape room industry at this point. Uh, but I don't think the game, I don't think the room itself ever went into that much detail as to who he was or why he was murdered. You just solved a bunch of puzzles and then worked out the answer, probably the culprit, by a process of elimination. And that was as far as the story went. Oh, that's cool. I kind of, I want to know more about it now. I want, if any of our listeners <laughs> have like uncovered any of the lore of John Monroe, please send it to us. We want to know. Little Easter eggs stuck yeah. around and it's... That would, that would be excellent. <laughs> I mean, maybe someone can make it up, create a prequel, John Monroe, the backstory, <laughs> the as, as an escape room. <laughs> John Monroe origins. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a new room where you have to successfully murder John Monroe. <gasps> oh, a twist. I love that. Well, they don't tell you that until the end. Oh, let's end the podcast here yeah. and go and make that point. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll accept a 10% cut. <laughs> So after the first, so after your very first experience, that was it for you that you were like, yep, this is great. Love this. It didn't take like a few. It was just that one. You were like, yep, we're going Budapest now to do more of this. Pretty much. Yeah. I certainly never expected them to explode in the UK and everywhere else the way that they have. But once they did, we were just kids in a candy store grabbing whichever ones we could. Nice. Would you say that you are still as passionate now as you were like in those very early stages about the industry? In a different way. So in some ways, I'm much more passionate in that escape rooms have sort of devoured my life in that I spend far too much time running the site, reading about them, talking to people about them, and occasionally even going and playing some on lucky occasions. Um, it's in a different way, though, because... At the beginning, I was more competitive. Um, we were trying really hard to complete rooms as quickly as possible. If we heard about a room that was um, described as the hardest room we have, something like that, we would go for that because we wanted the challenge. Yeah. Whereas now if someone says, this room has a 5% success rate, I think, well, maybe you should fix whichever puzzles <laughs> are stopping the other teams from getting through. Yeah. So in some ways, yes, I've got more cynical and jaded. But in other ways, I'm at least as wrapped up in the escape from world as I ever was. Well, I think we've gotten to know Toby pretty well now. So I think that is briefing over. We're going to hit you with the hard stuff. So, Jamie, let him have it. All right, we're going to move to the puzzling it out. This is going to be the slightly harder hitting questions. Um, okay. So brace yourself, good sir. Um, so my first question in puzzling it out to you is going to be, um, how different do you think the escape room scene is now to when you then first started Escape the Review? Well, one obvious difference is that there's about 1,500 rooms <laughs> in this country, and at the time there was one or two. Yep, so there's, there's a big change there. <laughs> it's a considerable change, yeah. Yep, quite an important one. Games have obviously moved on a great deal. Um, I said that... In the early days, I was all about completing the puzzles as quickly as possible. To some extent, that's how escape rooms were presented as these intellectual challenges for people to try and solve. And maybe you could beat them, maybe you couldn't. And the emphasis has shifted much more to making a story, providing an experience, to giving you something, give, giving you something interactive and memorable. And hopefully you'll get through it and get to the end 
and complete that or have some sort of satisfying finish, whether that's a success finish or a failure finish, even if you're really bad at the puzzles. It's not, there's no longer thing where you get partway through and then suddenly the door opens and some guy sticks his head in and says, yeah, um, your time's up, out you come. So what direction do you see as someone that I I would, I guess, describe as someone that's got a, a very wide overview of, at the very least, the UK industry? Where, what direction do you see it? Do you, do you see it shifting again to something else or do you think it's going to stay on this path for a little while? I think people will definitely continue to experiment with the format. There's a whole lot of innovation going on at the edges. So escape rooms crossed with immersive theatre, escape rooms crossed with dining experiences, escape rooms crossed with pretty much anything you can think of. If you can imagine it, someone else has thought of it and has tried it and maybe it worked, maybe it didn't. Escape rooms, the core part of the industry is less varied. Like I don't think that virtual reality is going to come in and replace all physical escape rooms. Um, I don't think all escape rooms will change so that they are immersive experiences with actors in or alternatively turn into the sort of hall challenge where you have small teams clustered around tables. It won't change in those ways. Escape rooms will stay recognizably in something like the current form. I think the important questions at the moment are to what extent it consolidates and is taken over by chains, to what extent budgets keep going up, because the cost of building escape room in 2023 is significantly higher than it was in 2014 or 2015. Yeah, absolutely. Um, whether small independent startups can still enter the industry for, that, for the budget reason and others, uh, the barriers to entry are a lot higher. So the nature of the games continues to change a bit, um, but still remaining recognizably within the same format. The nature of the industry is also changing in ways that I can't completely predict. None of us have that escape room crystal ball that we <laughs> wish we could have. Yeah, I certainly hope it continues pushing towards ever more distinctive and interesting and memorable experiences, not necessarily achieved through having a bigger budget though obviously that helps um, that's the direction i want it to go in and in some countries i see it going in that direction I, in other countries i see it going in worse directions i don't know which way the uk will go yet do you have a like based on what you have described like how it began and how it's now like shifted do you have a preference do you prefer how it was or do you like the direction it's gone in now i like the direction it's gone in now so I might have some nostalgia for those older, um, very mechanical rooms with few electronics that were just about the puzzles. Those were great, but you can still play those. In fact, one of the rooms I played last week was um, broadly along those lines, though a lot more sophisticated than a 2015 game. But very bad rooms are much less common than they were um, eight years ago. Very good rooms are more common and have got better. The leading edge has improved a great deal. There were rooms that I thought were amazing when I played them in 2015 that are now much more average. Yeah, like um, the, the bar has been, has just crept up and up and up yeah. and up and up and up. Every yeah. year, every year the standard gets higher. Yeah. And there were some really talented people with a lot of creativity making games and they are learning from each other and also from what they've done in the past. And all of the best companies have this upward trajectory where typically each new room they make is even better than the ones they've done before yeah so that's all very nice very satisfying so in your massive massive uh 
catalogue of reviewing escape rooms. I assume you've like reviewed other things in your life as well. So what makes it, does it is it easier to review escape rooms? Because you've been involved in a whole process, like say if you were reviewing film or television or something. Uh, no, I've never actually reviewed anything else in other media particularly. It was just escape rooms that I jumped into it. Um, the main distinctive things about reviewing escape rooms though are that you have to be so careful with spoilers and everything is a spoiler. You can say that uh, this game is dark in places. You can say that this game is beautiful in places. You can say that there's an actor. You can say that there were jump scares and that's useful information to some people and other people will consider it spoilers. If you know a game is good, often the best way to play it is to go in with no other information, no expectations, and just be surprised. I want to know if a game is good or not, but I don't want to know if it's utterly amazing because I'd like to be surprised by that and discover it for myself. It's like trying to uh, walk a very thin line uh, of saying as much as you can, but very vaguely. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. There were times when I've made comments such as, when it does such and such a thing, or even put a little redacted block in what I'm saying, just uh, as a joke, because the people who have played it will know what I'm referring to. Right, okay, nice. Uh-huh. So it's like a li- you're putting little Easter eggs in your own work as well, post-room. Where I read other people's reviews, and there are some very good reviewers out there, many of whom I think are significantly better than I am at doing this. And I tend to read the reviews of the games I've already played. I want to know what games people recommend, but then I will try not to read any more about it until I've played it. And then I want to know what other people have said because everyone has different experiences and different reactions. And by reading about their thoughts on a room that deepens my memory of it and my experience of it and makes me think, oh, I hadn't noticed that and I hadn't thought about it in that way. Yeah. So over the years of running Escape the Review... Um, I know that we said earlier on that the bar has been set, has been getting like the stand, the bar, the bar of standards has been <laughs> increasingly raised. Um, what has changed your opinion on what makes a five star experience? So several owners have asked me, in fact, periodically ask me, what would it take to make to get a five star review from you? And my answer is typically, I don't know. <laughs> it's Surprise one of those things where it has to just happen doesn't it and then well yeah. it has to be if i if you just do the usual things that i've seen but do them very very well it will get you close to five stars but it won't get you to five stars pretty much all of the games that i give five stars to do something that hits me out of left field that i didn't see coming or that is just so extravagantly beyond everything else in one particular aspect that it immediately qualifies it for five stars so I'm not a creator. I'm not, I haven't built an escape room. I'm not sure I would be unusually talented at it. I think I would be fairly average at building escape rooms. The talented creators out there, they're the ones with the good ideas. They're the ones who can come up with the things that will make me go, wow, that's five stars. Do you know off the top of your head how many five stars you've given? Off the top of my head, no, but I would guess it's somewhere between 50 and 120. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, if, out of 700 physical games, it's under 50. Ooh, it might be under as, 50. Yeah. And a lot of those were earlier on that I wouldn't give five stars to now. Interesting. Oh, so standards possi- go up. But yeah, it's tough, isn't it? Because So potentially fewer than 50 
out of 700. It's, it's less yeah. than 10%. Yeah. So, thank you oh, for, yeah. I was trying to work that out in my head. So thank what, you for Somewhere around the 7.5% mark, something like that. Um, I have looked at it in the past, and I'm pretty sure it's over 5%, but it, I don't think it's much higher than 5%. Yeah. There are escape room owners right now flicking through your website going, did we get one, did we get one, did we get one, <laughs> can we put it on a plaque? So do you have like a yeah. system for your like star? Do you go in with like five stars in mind and then mark downwards? Or do you go in with no expectations and work upwards? Well, or? I haven't thought about that. That's a good question. Well, thank you. Uh, no, that's way too logical uh, <laughs> for, for the approach I take. What I normally do is go in and get an impression and play it and feel that impression go up or down. It's quite often where I'm midway through a game thinking, yep, this is a four star. And then something opens or something happens and I go, let's make that a four and a half. Or some unpleasantly flawed puzzle comes up and it's frustrating for 15 minutes and then it's dropping back down again. That's interesting that you do that mid-game. Um, I don't re- I don't like write reviews for rooms or anything, but I do have, as many other people in the industry do, a little spreadsheet of rooms that I have played. Um, but I never do it mid. I always do it post. I sort of like let like to sit on it for a little bit, and then yeah, I'll, I can see what you would, like yeah. reflect on what happened mm-hmm. and like how I felt afterwards. Um, so it's interesting that often, you do it like midway through. Yeah, I will often adjust it afterwards, so it's never final, but I'll have an initial idea. And usually it will drift downwards a bit afterwards because when I'm playing, I'm excited. I'm in the moment. I'm having a great time. I'm full of enthusiasm for the yeah, wonderful yeah. experience I'm playing, hopefully. Um, but then afterwards, I'll think back to the other games and what scores I've given them over the previous 12 months or so and try and calibrate against those. Which is, I guess, also a difficult thing to do in terms of calibrating against previous rooms because because the bar moves Yes. And you've got to then try and compare what you've just done to what you've done previously. But that other one might have been a year ago. So a lot's changed since then. And because you mentioned earlier on that there are rooms that you like probably wouldn't give a five star to now um, just because the bars moved. Um, And that's almost upsetting in a way (laughs) for the the player, like you personally, because you would be like, oh, I really enjoyed that room. Like it was so good. (laughs) Yeah. I think as a player, if I think back to games I gave five stars to five years ago, to me, in my mind, it's probably still a five-star game. But part of me is aware that if I went back and played it, I would see it with a more critical eye through having the experience of played all these other much more modern and sophisticated games since, and I would probably be more critical. But you still have that warm glow of nostalgia for this fantastic experience that you had at the time yeah interesting do you ever you know like uh, uh restaurant critics sometimes will go into the restaurant with their notebook out in hand and very <laughs> obviously flout the notebook and get the best service because of that have you ever thought of doing that i do the opposite i usually actively try to avoid letting like enough owners know me that i can't avoid it but in many places i will not announce when i'm making a visit i will if the owner or the host doesn't know that I run a review site, then I will not tell them. But also these days, I write so few reviews that I'm not sure I fall into that category anymore. So I don't think my review and my opinion is any more influential than many of the other people who are using Escape the Review and posting their reviews on it regularly. 
Yeah. So you said earlier that you often read reviews for games that you've already played. Have you ever read a review for something that you've already played that has changed your mind about the way you feel about it? Like they've seen it in a light that you didn't think of at the time? Well, all of them to some extent, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) Because all of them give some uh, impression of that game through the blogger's eyes. Um, It's rare that any will significantly change how good I think the game is. So I don't normally read someone else's review and go, you know what, I thought it was three stars, but actually it's four and a half. It might nudge me towards going, oh, actually, was I a bit harsh there? Or have I not properly appreciated the strengths of this game? That can happen, but that happens less from other people's reviews than it does just talking through the game with my teammates afterwards. Okay. Each experience is different anyway. Um, the room will uh, room will go wrong sometimes. It will very rarely run the same way twice. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Um, I know that it's that that's the that's the sweet spot being able to make it <laughs> consistent. But um, so like well, I guess there is there are points where someone else's review would be worse than Toby's, for example, because something happened because something happened that didn't go wrong. Or something like that. Yeah. Plus, escape rooms are changed often over time. Owners will tinker with them and add a puzzle, remove a puzzle, change a puzzle, or you have a different person running it and you know well how much difference a good host can make. So maybe you've got some new person who hasn't really got the hang of running a game well yet and they can completely mess up the experience for someone. Yeah. And then that person goes away and thinks, this game was terrible for... But, That's yeah. the review. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, word for word. <laughs> so, since you started Escape the review, have you ever noticed like any patterns or any trends in the way things uh, like players will review different games? The one thing that really strikes me from reading all the reviews that people submit is that no matter how good a game is, it will sometimes get bad reviews. It's the flip side of no matter how bad a game is, it will get some five-star reviews on sites like TripAdvisor and Facebook. Yeah. Because escape rooms are cool, and if you've never played one before, then even a bad one seems amazing. Um, I'm quite surprised at how harsh some of the reviewers on my site are, to be honest. I see reviews that say things like, this room was amazing, it blew me away, might be the best room I've ever played, four out of five stars. The uh, the thing is, that's not even just for escape rooms. That's that's for everything. That's true, yeah. The that's amount like of the times you go on TripAdvisor and look at a hotel, for example, or Amazon, and you look at a product review, and they'll be like, "This was great. It did the job. Four stars." Yeah. What? Well, what do you want? With these other sites, reviews tend to be five stars if it was fine, and one star if the person writing review has something against it. And I've worked quite hard on encouraging reviewers to submit ratings that form more of a normal curve that bulk in the middle. It's not, I don't think they should bulk in the middle because most games are better than average. So I've looked at the data and in fact, the most common ratings are between three and a half and four. And I don't think that's because people are being over generous with their ratings. I think that's an accurate reflection of reality in that most games are better than average. There's just a few terribly terrible ones that drag down where the average sits. Yeah. And then there's a long tail of immensely good games that get the four and a half and the five stars. So that's fine. And I'm very happy that um, people do generally use the site in that way and rate games with 
considered ratings in the middle rather than just going five star, five star, five star, one star. But yes, it does still surprise me how harsh some reviewers can be. Yeah, I feel like sometimes one little bad thing can really bring someone's mood down and then that's it. Like there's no recovering from that Mm. almost. There's no, they don't think about the game as as a whole, but more of a, this one thing went wrong, so it's terrible. Yeah, there are Which people is a shame, isn't it, when you think about it like that? Just want their day to be ruined for some reason. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's certainly some people who just can't be pleased, but there are also people who will have the start of the game spoiled by one thing or another that might be specific to them, and a sufficiently good host can catch that and fix it. Maybe not every time, but I've seen superb hosts catch problems like that and turn the mood around. It's a talent. It's a talent. <laughs> Says he modestly. (laughs) (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) Um, So coming ever so slightly away from like the review side, um, is there anything that you would like to see more of in newer experiences now that the bar's moved? Like uh, any types of... Is there a specific type of puzzle that you've seen that's innovative and new that you enjoy or a story beat, something like that? Yeah, not a specific type of puzzle because... Any puzzle that is new and innovative will cease to be new and innovative if it's copied in 50, 80 places. Fair point. Um, Obviously, games need to get the basics right. But if we put that aside, take that for granted that good hosting, solid puzzle design, things like that are all being taken care of. Then a while back, I wrote an article about this and said that there were three particular things that were almost guaranteed to win me over. Yep, those were surprise beauty and humor so beauty obviously if i walk into a room and it's not just pretty but it's actually aesthetically gorgeous in a way that makes you just want to stand there and look at it that i'm going to have a good feeling about the game pretty much regardless of anything else that happens Um, humor is definitely underused so there are a minority of games that will make you laugh that set out to really push the jokes and have have players laughing and having a good time and if you can do that successfully then again even if it looks like an old um, office room or something people will still come out glowing with good um, endorphins and having had a great time and surprise is just when there's something quirky or unexpected where i'm not talking about actors jumping out jump scares or anything like that i'm talking about just the physical build being surprising um not doing what you predicted it would and that might be puzzle design it might be something as simple as the classic of a bookshelf swinging open to me that's no longer surprising but for beginner players that presents that feeling of surprise and very nice creative games will often create that same feeling of surprise in other ways for me i wish almost that i could go back and experience a room for the first time just to yeah. have that yeah <gasps> this thing opened sometimes you've oh, you just play too many rooms and you can spot <laughs> you can spot a hidden door from a mile off <laughs> yeah and sometimes i just love for just not be able to see that anymore yeah the hinges and the scrape marks on the floor were a bit <laughs> of a giveaway um so i know that you you sort of briefly touched on this earlier on about encouraging your reviewers to give it like a, a more fair rating and use the spectrum rather than uh, like one to five. Um, is there anything else that you think 
would be useful for any like budding reviewers to know to make their reviews like more useful to the the industry i suppose i think firstly everyone puts across their thoughts in their own way and that's fine and that's how it should be so i'm not going to attempt to tell anyone this is how you should write a review yeah. you must not do this anything like that um something that i have always found useful when i'm writing reviews is to write to two specific audiences so when i'm writing a review i imagine firstly that the owner and designer of the game are reading this review right so i don't want it's like if if there was something you didn't like it's quite easy to get carried away with um using the game using it as a punching bag and having fun being mean that can be quite entertaining sometimes but <laughs> not I even don't want... that of course oh god no well there's actually a few <laughs> games that really deserve it <laughs> Most, mostly old ones mostly closed but i wouldn't want to write anything that i wouldn't be willing to look the designer in the eye while saying right yeah and secondly the second audience is a team who who are picking one escape room to do this month. They want a really good one. They are relying on me to tell them whether they should play this or not. I don't want to give them false hopes, false expectations, get them to spend their money on something that will give them a disappointing experience. So if I can write something that addresses both of those audiences simultaneously, I feel that works as a review. That's some, that's some pretty solid advice. Yeah, and it's a like nice that. nice way to go about it, though, because a lot of people write horrible, horrible things and just think, well, I'm just being honest. But, you know, you can be honest and nice. When you started saying two audiences, in my head, I thought you were going to say, like, new players and enthusiasts. But then when you said owners, I was like, oh, I didn't even consider that. <laughs> that yeah, because they're getting, like you said, they're especially if they know that you've been... Um, they're going to check your website. Of course they are. They're going to wait for the review to come out. So of course they're going to read it. Yes. A lot of the time when I write a review, I am in fact going to have to talk to the owner and look them in the eye at some future date. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, but you can't let that change what you write. You can't write a puff piece because you've got that other audience of the people who want accurate, honest information about what the game is like. Yeah. And if it sucks, then you're going to have to say it sucks. But you want to find a way of saying it that isn't too vicious as far as the person who created it is concerned. Enough that you have to give a two-year gap before you go back again. Just well, let sometimes. the dust settle. <laughs> <laughs> do you get asked? So, sorry, no, uh, do no, you get you asked sometimes by owners there and then? What yes. you thought? Is it a lot? Yeah. Quite often, yeah. When they know that I do reviews, I come out and they say, "So, what did you think?" This particularly happens i don't do this very much these days but occasionally owners will say come along and play this game i want your feedback because it's new i haven't opened it yet or it's recently opened and i try not to play those games anymore because it can put me in a slightly awkward position reviewing it when it may not be the final version yeah so i try not to do that i generally don't accept those invitations i don't accept uh freebie games in general very much these days either but yeah, in that in that situation in particular, and also in general, owners will often immediately say, so what did you think? What did you like? What was good? What needs changing? And usually my answer is, I have no idea. Give me 30 minutes to let it settle and sink in. Yeah. And just go through the puzzles in my mind, switch from player to critic, 
and then I'll have answers for you. I think having said all that and having said all those lovely, kind, modest, polite things, we should just take a minute where, Toby, you can have an amnesty. If there's <laughs> anyone you've wanted to slag off or rip into in any kind of way, go for it now. We can, we can bleep it out. We won't bleep it out. Well, editor, do not bleep anything he says out. Go for it. <laughs> right, so, good. And, and now the, we can turn the microphone on now that I've finished slagging off all those people, yeah? <laughs> I thought we could just splice yeah. together a couple of voice clips and <laughs> and have you a yeah. pariah in the escape room industry. Totally, uh, completely new light now. I've never seen that. Sound I couldn't before. believe he said that about <laughs> redacted. <laughs> so your um, your website is basically the yellow pages now for escape rooms in the UK. You are the biggest directory there is. Thank so you. I mean, Yellow Pages is uh, an obsolete technology from the 90s, but I know what you're getting at, I, I, so thank you. <laughs> but I think you can bring it back around to the modern... There could be, like, a new ad campaign where you're J.R. Hartley, you go in, you pick up a copy of Fly Fishing, and then that bookshelf opens to a secret room. That would be cool. But do you have any plans to expand, go worldwide? Because you're going to Spain soon with all those awful escape rooms you mentioned earlier, so... Oh, no, no, no. I was just saying... There was, I think Spain has fantastic <laughs> escape rooms, just not in the areas where I'm going to be. Um, <laughs> Well, at least the best ones are not there. They probably are very good ones in there. In That's that not area. what you were saying a minute ago <laughs> when we let you... <laughs> in the red actor section, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, funny you should ask that. We do actually have a uh, German version of the site. That's Ooh. been running for a year or so. So escapethereview.de, and it's all in German. Some of the text I had to auto-translate because I don't speak German, but the German-speaking enthusiasts I know have assured me it's mostly fine. <laughs> oh, so High that exists from the Germans. Yes, yeah, that is, you, uh, you, uh, Germans are always very um, blunt. They don't spare your feelings. So, yeah, if it was terrible, they would have told me. I figure. Are there any plans to go to any other countries anytime soon? Not currently. I would be open to it, but it's a fair amount of work to set up a clone of the site like that. In the UK, every month at the end of the month, I go through the um, website of every escape from company in the UK, comparing it against my list. This takes about 12 to 14 hours. For a wow. second, I won't lie, I thought you were joking. <laughs> no. I was like, no, there's no way he does that. That's dedication. When I set up the directory originally, I had these happy thoughts that I would be able to have automated systems monitoring sites and scraping them and checking whether things had changed and I tried that and I've tried lots of different things and I use other alerting systems to hear about changes and I watch what happens on Facebook to get updates and the only way it can remain remotely complete and up to date is this incredibly um, tedious and time-consuming monthly update and Goodness. yeah it's a lot of work, but it's the only way to keep it up to date. And do you have a name for this day? Is it like in your calendar with a big red like marker? <laughs> it's, yeah, the it's, day. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's usually spread across two or three days. Um, but going back to your question about expanding to other countries, this is the biggest barrier to expanding to other countries. I could add in listings for all the games in even somewhere like Spain, which has more escape rooms than any other country in Europe in a month or two of hard work but then keeping those up to date they would be out of date in a year in a country like that in spain the netherlands france there's a lot of turnover and any attempt to create a complete listing is immediately uh, immediately becomes obsolete 
Yeah. Obviously, the COVID, the pandemic, that's had a massive crushing impact on the escape room industry, and we now have a rising uh, cost of living that is that is really destroying hospitality and leisure and all the fun things in the world. So uh, venues have closed, but are there enough new venues opening that the total number of UK venues are depleting too much? Is the number going up or down? So month I put out an update of how many uh, new escape rooms there are on my Facebook page associated with Escapes of View, and there are about 50 a month, which I'm guessing is a higher number than you would have expected. Yeah, absolutely. More than 10 times higher than I expected, <laughs> honestly. That's rooms, not companies. The number of companies is maybe maybe 10% of that. Um, that's still noticeably smaller than it was in 2017, 2018, probably 2019 as well when there was a lot of expansion. Um, it's very hard to pin down the effects of the COVID pandemic specifically because a lot of companies shut. Well, everyone shut for a while. Some of them didn't open. Some of them didn't open for a year after everyone else didn't open and then suddenly came back. Some of them came back with everyone else and then closed again. Or Some of them have downsized. Some of them have merged. So saying this number of companies were closed by the pandemic is very hard to do. If you look at the total numbers, then there was a little bit of decline and it has now started to grow again. So that's good. Um, another factor is that a lot of companies would have been closing now anyway. There was a big surge in venues and new companies opening from 2017 onwards. And those will have had five-year leases and will be hitting the end of their leases. And if they're not flourishing, Maybe they're doing fine. Maybe they could continue in business, but they're ready for something else. It hasn't made them stinking rich, so they sell up and do something else. So a lot of companies would be closing in any case, regardless of the pandemic. And the pandemic is just the thing that nudges them to decide not to continue. Um, overall, yes, there is expansion again at this point. I'm seeing it quite unevenly distributed. So some owners are doing great are having lots of bookings. Some owners are definitely not. Some owners tell me like October was great, but then December, which is normally busy, has been completely dead. Um, so it comes and goes in unpredictable ways because this whole cost of living crisis thing is still working its way through society. And uh, there's a lot of uncertainty in different parts of the country, different households, not knowing uh, to what extent they can splash out on luxury things like escape rooms. I mean, luxury things, they're kind of essential from my point of view, but other people see it differently. <laughs> um, yeah, I think on the whole, there is more growth coming from the chains. So the big companies that have more resources, deeper pockets behind them, they can take advantage of the situation to push forward and expand into new countries, uh, not new, sorry, into new areas, new counties, and um, maybe pick up cheap office space when it's going cheap in a way that small independents can't do as effectively. So yeah, maybe a lot of the current growth is being driven more by the bigger companies, the chains, but it's very uneven. It's very mixed. There isn't a, a very clear picture as to who's doing well and who is not. So we're just going to wind down with a couple of fun little... These aren't even really questions. They're more thought experiments, I'd say. So this is your, uh, this is your, as it were, your debrief, Toby. 
if you could go back in time and speak to yourself when you started out with Escape the Review, um, would you give yourself any advice on what to do differently? Or uh, We've had people answer this before where they've said, I wouldn't change a thing, and that's a totally acceptable answer as well. Yeah, my answer is I would take him by the shoulders, shake him and say, don't do this, you fool! You don't know what you're getting into. No, <laughs> I wouldn't do that. But um, I might tell him to design to plan for it to be this sort of site from the beginning rather than letting it grow organically and avoid wordpress right <laughs> yeah wordpress is fine but there were better alternatives is there anything else that you would like maybe do a bit differently if you were to be able to go back and do it again or are you fairly content with how it's gone we're talking about getting a message to me in 2013 yeah I think all of the escape from related stuff would be several steps behind buy Bitcoin and then sell it at the right point. <laughs> Good answer. You're going with the uh, more back to the future betting on horses approach. <laughs> yes. I mean, if you're going to give me a time machine, I'm going to find interesting ways to use it. <laughs> Do you have any advice um, to you so what I'm going to sort of expand this question ever so slightly. Um, any advice to anyone that either wants to start up their own escape room like review blog, or just to like owners in the industry in general? Like maybe there's something you want you think that escape room should look to do like better in future, or if you you know some advice that you think you could give to either, you, I'll let you choose. So to people who want to write reviews of escape rooms cool go for it it's a lot of hard work but um i think the industry could do with more people writing reviews and blogs at the moment we had a lot in the uk to some extent there were fewer active escape from bloggers these days um i would like there to be more and i would like them to um post their reviews via my site because when someone when with all of the uk bloggers when they post a new post that will pop up on the front page of escape the review as well which i hope is a useful service that helps more people discover their sites so i'd like to see more people doing that for owners and people building new games firstly thank you for all the ones who are building good games keep doing more of that uh, love you guys <laughs> that sort of stuff i'm not sure it's in the power of any individual owners owner to change or control but the change that i most want to see in the industry or in the public awareness of escape rooms is that escape rooms are not interchangeable there are still a lot of people who think doing an escape room is a standard generic activity in the way that having a game of mini golf is or going to do laser tag and i may be doing the world of laser tag and mini golf for great injustice here there probably are important differences between different venues but i think of those as being fairly interchangeable that the quality differences between different locations are not that big but playing an escape room is much more like watching a movie and watching citizen kane is a different experience to watching star wars which is a different experience to watching um star wars episode one for example, <laughs> yeah, and which one you go to makes a huge difference. And there's subjective taste and there's objective quality difference. And at the top level, I would like to see the really impressive high budget games, the ones that appear top of the escape review list. I would like those to be events that people get excited about and flock to see. And that happens to some extent in the enthusiast circles, but it should be more widespread. 
I think markets like the Netherlands, Spain, uh, and Athens in particular, those three are ahead of us there. So that when a superstar company produces their latest game, it is an event and people get excited about it and it can be booked out for weeks, months longer. I don't think that's true of the UK yet. And I think the main thing that needs to change there is for the public outside the enthusiast world to realize that there is this huge difference that it's not just, oh, we went to play an escape room last weekend. It's we went to play such and such exciting, cool new escape room from this amazing company. That shift would be, I think, the most useful positive thing that could happen to the industry. It incentivizes owners to invest more, to build more amazing experiences, to be more adventurous and creative and daring with what they build. And it just brings more people in to enjoy the hobby, puts more money into the industry. It benefits everyone. I think that's a very interesting point, Um, especially when you were saying uh, someone not just saying, oh, I did an escape room. It's, I went and did this experience at this company. Like, that's a really interesting um, really interesting outlook on it because, yes, I do think that would be very beneficial to name the companies and name the experiences. Um, where I, I'm going to use an example here. I know it's not an escape room, but Phantom Peak, for example. When people talk about Phantom Peak, they talk about Phantom Peak. They don't go, oh, I went and did like an immersive thing last week. They went to do Phantom Peak. So it's a very interesting, very interesting point that you've said there about it needing to be like almost name dropping, I suppose. Yeah. And I think the best escape rooms are good enough to deserve that sort of name dropping. That's a really interesting point. And like when you talk about, oh, I didn't, I feel like it's rare for people to say, I went and saw a film at the weekend. It's, oh, I went and saw. Yeah. Star Wars episode one. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you're behind the times. <laughs> Who are these people making these awful decisions? Um, some new intel I've received currently is apparently in Japan, the game designers are named almost as if a film names its director. Um, and I guess like the more celebrity approach. Um, is this something that you think also would be beneficial and would like to see? that people are like recognized for their their ability to design i think that would be a good change i don't know if having rockstar game designers is a particular important change there but anything that shifts it away from just being an escape room to being this escape room with this designer or this company or something like that has got to be an improvement yeah i was thinking that it would be yeah interesting for a like you know sometimes it will have in a film poster like uh let's just f- throw a guy Ritchie film or something like that yeah. and you've got yeah. like an, ex- uh, an escape room name that's uh i'm just gonna use his name again like a guy Ritchie experience <laughs> like that you yeah. it becomes like a more recognizable name like not quite like a brand but an associated Do you know i think this podcast could be where that starts <laughs> we, in- we interview all those names we've been speaking to them throughout this series and i think this is where we launch their celebrity career yeah so coming away from you can relax about the review questions now this is going to be far more about um you that's much more stressful but go please go ahead <laughs> Fair enough. just skip right over that one um your dream game if you i know that you said you don't build that's yep. fine um, but if you had unlimited budget and no intellectual property issues 
what game would you love to see? Star Wars Episode 1, obviously. <laughs> As a parody, perhaps. <laughs> Jar Jar Binks is the clue system. Yeah. No one would go, surely. <laughs> oh, that's a like a death. Can do the voices, very nice. Um, I mean, you said no budget, so I assume we are actually going into space for this uh, game. Oh, uh, this, this is up to we you. Are now. If that's what you want, yeah. It's just you and Jeff Bezos playing it. The easy answer is, I don't know, I'll leave it to... I'll go and ask some of the talented creatives I know and ask them to come up with something cool to surprise me. Um, if you give me 15 minutes to think about it, I will probably come up with all sorts of wacky, cool ideas. There isn't a specific IP that I immediately say, oh, this should be an escape room. Because we have had space before. We've had underwater. Mm. You know, there is actually a company that will let you do underwater games actually under the water scuba diving now is the time to name drop them <laughs> they're called scuba escape it's it's not complicated it's easy to remember though so <laughs> yeah i've never played them i don't know anyone who's reviewed them so i've no idea if they're any good or not but as weird um crossover uh types of escape experience go they're definitely on the list are they actually just trying to get volunteers to help discover the lost city of atlantis <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's just... not unless the lost city of Atlantis is in an abandoned quarry in Wales. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. I guess uh, back to escape the review. Is there? Have you got any future projects or upgrades to the website or something like in the works? Have you got anything that you want to plug? By all means, go ahead. Various fixes and small improvements, and one or two larger improvements that I will announce when they're ready, because um, I don't know when that will be. <laughs> Developing something always takes longer than you think, even when you bear in mind that it's going to take longer than you think. So, yeah. I know. I understand that feeling perfectly because I myself am a software developer, so I understand exactly yep. <laughs> exactly what you mean. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. What even are deadlines? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for uh, letting us steal you for an hour. Um, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. It's been fun. Our listeners have spent the last, whatever, 45 minutes or whatever getting to know you, getting to love you. They want to reach out. How do they reach out to you? There is a... So escape the review at outlook.co.uk or just look at the website and there's a contact me option on there, which will go to the same email address. Any socials? There is a Facebook page, yes, um, which is just escape the review on Facebook. That's it. I'm, there is a Twitter account, but I barely use it. <laughs> I like it. It's nice. It's clean. It's all the same. It's good. It's easy to remember. So that was Toby Powell. A massive thank you to Toby for joining us. Jamie, we have socials as well, don't we? Do we? We do. And you can find us at Pod on Instagram. Give us some comments. Give us some feedback. Give us some likes and follows. And if you've been inspired by Toby and all his doing, give us a review. That's what he does. You can do it too. Leave us a review. Whatever you want to talk about, just put it on there. If you're lonely, just put a comment. <laughs> Someone will get back to you eventually, I'm sure. We're, you know, there's nice people that run the website. Um, until next time, goodbye.